Jason and Joko, welcome to the African Tech Roundup. Thanks for having me. Fantastic. I asked you off mic earlier if you being at Discop, you know, actually uh, results in getting deals done or is more a matter of show and tell. You said? I don't dance. I don't do show and tell. I'm all about the deals. And also you said um, that's stuff you could probably do from your office in Lagos. Yeah, if it's show and tell, you can do that. You can scale that socially. You can scale that via, obviously, uh, my great PR person, Jessica. Um, so, no, like, you know, when I jump on a plane to go somewhere, it's costing me money. Whenever I move, it costs the company money. So I need to be able to pay that money back times 10. That essentially is, is how we think about moving that Iroko. And so in, in letting people into what happens at Discord, perhaps people haven't heard of the event and that kind of thing, uh, what, what did you jump on a plane to come do? And also maybe in trying to explain uh, you know, your motivations, how different, since you've been here more than, I think this is probably your third or fourth time, how different are the interactions you're having, the conversations you're having, the deal, the, the deal conversations you're having uh, to, it, at this particular Discord to when you first started coming? Discord brings together content buyers and sellers. Um, it's not free, so anyone who is here has paid to be here. That payment filter means that people here are serious. So they make, they're taking meetings, they're doing deals. If there's nothing to be done and have a great conversation, 15, 20 minutes, they're out, on to the next one. So I think that's really, really important that if it's like a, a, a place where everyone can come for a content two or three days, do deals, move on. Um, I think obviously like people are spread across the, uh, the, the 40 or so uh, sub-Saharan African countries. We have people flying in obviously from Europe and the US as well. Um, so I think it's a great way to kind of like meet everybody at the same time, um, obviously in the glorious surroundings of Johannesburg, which is definitely one of my favorite cities. Um, but yeah, you know, I think if anyone doesn't know about if, if anyone doesn't know about Discop, then maybe they're not looking hard enough, maybe they're not serious enough. So if, you, if, if you're serious about selling content or buying content, you know, you know about Discop. It's not that difficult. This is for my tech heads who listen to us, so they might be busy, I don't know, at other tech conferences, I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> oh, well, that sounds like something straight out of our, your legendary blog. No comment there because the mic was in his face. He didn't say a thing. What's trending in your world at the moment? Actually, speaking of your blog, um, you tend to have like seasons of consciousness. Uh, if anyone follows you on social and, and, and on your blog, uh, they probably know what I mean. But what's, what's big for you right now? Lots of things. Um, top of mind. What's top one? Top one because we don't have that much time. So top one is uh, family and life, right? Um, I'm a father. Um, I'm a husband. I have a family. Uh, really kind of changes perspective of things. Um, I go through experiences on a fairly regular basis, which are incredibly challenging. Um, I went through like a life and death type experience earlier this week. So I will share that experience because it needs to be told. So I think for me, it's just about surviving and making sure that I at least can try and find some happiness in this world. You recently came out saying that people think Eroka TV is a one-trick pony. Set the record straight. Give me a sense of the length of breadth of this empire that you're building. Uh, what are we getting most wrong when we, con- when we think about Jason Joku and, and everything you and your team are doing at Eroka TV? So Eroka actually isn't one company. It's, a, uh, it's, it's more of like a holding of like four or five different companies. Um, so obviously we, uh, we have um, linear channels. Uh, we have now, I think it's five or six linear channels going across uh, Europe and Africa, across like four di- or five different platforms. Um, that's a multi-million dollar business, has about 20 or 30 people working d- uh, digitally on that. Um, we have a, uh, a third-party digital platform business, which is Iwoko X, um, which again like, you know, generates you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars a year um, for content partners. Um, Typically deals with like short form content. So we're thinking of like anything less than five minutes. Uh, again, has like I think 15, 20 people who are fully much focused on that. 
Uh, we have Iroko Plus, which is our JV with Canal in French speaking Africa, which again is like Iroko TV, the Android app, but it has novellas, but it has uh, French speaking African content in there. Um, and again, it's in French, so it's completely focused in, in that area. Um, and we have, a th we have, a, and we have a, a content sales business where we customers come to us, they need Nollywood content, we basically aggregate it for them, make sure all the whites are cleaned, send it over to them. And again, these are all sort of like, you know, um, pretty big businesses in their own right. And as a collection, um, they kind of really support strategically a lot of the things which Iroko TV is actually at least trying to do in the long run. And I think that's why when you ask me that, why would I come here, show and tell, like we're about making money first because we're, we're ultimately uh, need to pay the bills. Um, and, you know, begging for VC money is, uh, is, is always a challenge. Um, so first and foremost, we obviously need to pay the bills. In order to do that, we need to kind of do deals. So we've got a team here, people who are just trying to do deals. And that's, that's always been our, our focus. On Iroko TV, it's more about making people happy. It's much more nuanced and it's much more of a longer, longer, longer sort of like multi-decade uh, play. And we're sort of like happy to to su have survived that and, and to kind of keep, keep on being in the game. And, you know, every year as we sort of like keep on going, we just keep on getting stronger. We keep on seeing great opportunities for us to, to build like a pretty interesting business. And so as a percentage of your business uh, overall, how much of it would you say is in traditional media versus uh, new media? I think this year is probably about 70% is in uh, traditional media. Uh, you know, a, a sort of futurist like me thinks, okay, that's not part of a future I imagine. Uh, you, I suppose the, business in, the businessman in you says there's a lot of ways to make money as, you know, up until the future actually, you know, the future I might have in mind actually gets here. Is that the approach you take in terms of uh, what you invest in as, as Iroko? Well, the future isn't cheap, right? <laughs> so, you know, you've got to pay for like tomorrow and next week and a month after and, and we've got a big team of like I don't know, maybe I think we had about 170 people now we're kind of boosting up by another 300 people so um, it's expensive um, and you can either raise the money from venture capital or you can actually like you know get customers and, and, and pay it that way so as I said before like everything we're doing in the traditional media is actually supporting Iroko TV and its development so again I can I can raise you know 10 million dollars from a, uh, a, a venture capitalist or I can go and sell 10 million dollars worth of content I'd rather try and sell 10 million dollars worth of content makes us more independent, makes us more kind of like not, not less fragile as, as a company. Uh, and I think that's definitely the kind of the way I'm trying to build the company at the moment. I, just, I guess I'm asking if uh, I'm interested in a career in media, if, if you're speaking to, say, a young kid coming out of varsity right now, uh, would you recommend that they, they, they invest in a career in traditional media, given we have some idea of where the future is going, given what Netflix is doing around the world, given what you guys are doing on the continent in new media, given all the changes that have come with all the, uh, the innovations in, in communication and in ICT in general, uh, is this a long-term play or not? No, absolutely. I think um, building a subscription, getting people to pay for content is really, really, really expensive. Takes many, many years. Anyone who's been successful anywhere in the world has taken like a decade or maybe two decades to even get there. So first of all, it's like it's expensive. Most of new media doesn't require you to spend like 20 or 30 million dollars in the build up to getting somewhere. So, you know, the fact that requires a huge amount of investment up front, it just means that we kind of have to be a bit more smart about and how we think about the business. So, you know, I think um, any young person who wants to go into new media, I would definitely suggest just go into new media. But if you want to build a business where you get, where you want to get people to pay, customers to pay for something, really difficult and takes really long. And you, you probably need a lot of capital to do that. Now comment on the evolution in the interaction between traditional platforms and new media platforms like Iroko TV. What's changed over the years? Um, are you at the same country clubs <laughs> with the heads of, say, <laughs> you know, some of the bigger players in the industry? Um, I mean, you obviously can't speak for them, but what do you sense? 
So I sense that um, there's definitely going to be a convergence. I think one local content is really really important. So I'm in the local con- I'm in the local content game. Um, if, if you look at the top five channels in South Africa, it's SABC One, SABC Two, it's ETV, it's Mzanzi Magic, it's Nollywood. The country club guys aren't necessarily going to be there. It's like local languages, it's local dialects, it's local stories, it's local experiences. So I think that's not going to change anytime soon. That's a macro change, which I think is only going to reinforce itself as we kind of get more proud of our content. I think at the end of the day, um, we're digitally native and we did traditional as like an extension of our, of our business, but we're still digital at heart and we're learning everything else in the traditional world. Um, I think what you find is that a lot of the traditional guys are now having to learn um, digital. So I think in 10 years' time, we basically all end up at the same place, some sort of like hybrid between the two. But I think at heart, because we're digital first, we'll always have that sort of digital internet style way of doing things. You touched on local. I, I call you the prince of the pivot, okay? <laughs> and you're famous for saying Lagos only. Like, come on, dude. Like, like, like you got to explain this. Explain yourself, sir. Lagos only. So to put it into context, I've raised $40 million or so, um, and I can only afford to do Lagos. Um, an interesting thing. So we have got a JV with Canal and French Beacon Africa. Um, and we're talking about like market sizes. If you look at the size of French Beacon Africa, it's 23 countries, it's 250 million people. If you don't look at the size of Nigeria, it's like one country, it's 180 million people. But if you look at the top 10 cities on French Beacon Africa, you take the population and you combine those and then you take Lagos, it literally is like the same. Now think of the complexities of working across like 10 cities the scale, the travel, the teams on the ground, all of these complexities, then you have Lagos. And Lagos isn't a large landmass space. So as my, me and my wife were driving in this morning, it was like a really long drive. And we were talking about uh, how much space Johannesburg has. Lagos is like waterlocked, right? So like it can only go inland, and inland is like marshland, and even just to develop in Lagos is a problem. So just the sheer concentration of people, of technology, of the market, of the, the, the cultural aspects just makes that sort of like one big, it's like a big mega city, right? And I think Johannesburg definitely has its own personality, but it's very different in terms of its development stage and its structure, uh, which enables someone to kind of like switch on, you know, credit cards and be available throughout the whole country. In Nigeria, in Lagos specifically, you don't have that. It's like a Hong Kong or Singapore, it sounds like. Yeah, definitely. And so, no, that, that you know, the first line you said, you know, the, 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 I suppose the, the idea being rooted in a business fundamental, like, sorted me out. I think sometimes it gets lost in, in some of what's written in, in, because it kind of sounds like you're discounting the importance or the, the opportunity that digital provides for you to reach the rest of the world, which to me would be nuts. I'm trying to reach customers. I'm trying to reach them. In- what are you saying about the rest of us in Africa? We're not going to pay? What? No, no, I can't afford to reach them. Like... I'm sure if I pitched up in Johannesburg and put 100 people on the streets, I would sell some subscriptions. But I don't live in Johannesburg. I live in Lagos. <laughs> like, I don't understand Johannesburg. I understand Lagos. The local, the local languages and the cultures are kind of somewhat foreign to me. So let me do Lagos <laughs> for the next few years. And then when the opportunity comes, I'll go beyond that. But for now, Lagos, one, two, three, baby. Gotcha, 100%. Now, uh, how's Iroko dealing with the pressure of not just securing rights for great content, local content, uh, definitely being at the top of that agenda, um, but, peop- uh, but needing to make your own content, so compete on the level of, of producing as well? So I think um, a few years ago, there was a divergence in Nollywood. Um, there was a traditional Nollywood, which was kind of like focused from the east, so Asaba, um, Enugu, Aba, those kind of places. Um, 
they produced movies which stretched for like 10 hours or something like that. Then there was a sort of a new kind of Hollywood which sort of focused on much more sort of storytelling, but in much more kind of tighter, not necessarily budgets, but more sort of like tighter storytelling, which was like 90 minutes, maybe two hours if you're going to go crazy. I love that. Tighter storytelling at 90 minutes. <laughs> Better than six hours. I oh, gotcha. Um, and I think uh, we realized that in that, in that sort of like forking of the road, if you will, um, that people were only really willing to pay for one kind of content. So there wasn't enough of that kind of content. So uh, my wife, who's been in the Nollywood industry for a decade, um, was like, you know what, let her see if she can make some herself. Um, she's always had the ambitions of being a producer. She started producing some content. People loved it. So we thought, well, actually, do you know what? Um, we need to maintain a flow of content which people are willing to pay for. So we need to kind of like start to shift a lot of our energies to kind of like in-house-led productions. Um, this has actually been a quiet process over the last three years we've been focused on. Um, my wife has now sort of taken it like, you know, full level and is like, you know what, she's going to produce much, as much content as possible. Um, and I think it's amazing that content is now being recognized. It's obviously, you know, she's now got a channel, Rock on Sky. Uh, yesterday, actually, she, uh, the channel launched on DSTV. So channel 168, it's not in South Africa yet, it's on South Africa on the 1st of December. But outside of South Africa, 168, Nairobi, Nairobi, Nigeria, wherever you are, you can watch like great sort of uh, 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 content. Um, so, the perspective is really simple. I think over time, people were only willing to pay for certain kinds of content. You need to have a, 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 a big stake in that kind of content because we are not focused on any other kind of content. You know, typically like pay, t- uh, pay TV goes for breadth. So you get 200 channels, but you might, you might watch three. We're focused on the three. And we're focused on Nollywood because it's Nigeria. So again, like we're Lagos, Lagos, Lagos because the content is Lagos, 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 like Lagos, right? So... There, is, there will be no bigger market for Nollywood content than Nigeria. Well, how many black people are in the world for it to be more than that? One in five people in the world is, is, is Nigerian. So um, our ambition is to make amazing Nollywood content, be part of that ecosystem, to build that up, to bring new stars in, to really encourage that. At the same time, kind of trying to like, you know, seduce the customers to kind of like spend their money with us because that's a really, really difficult thing for them to do. And so in a chat I taped with uh, BT's MD for Sub-Saharan Africa, I asked him to tell me what, if anything, could completely disrupt B- BT's business worldwide. What do you think he said? Any guesses? Who did you speak to? Uh, Olivier Fortaine. Uh, did you say BT or Trace? B- BT. So British Telecoms? Oh, British Telecom. Okay, 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 okay. Um, so there's this massive Time Warner and AT&T transaction. Um, if you look out 10 years' time, the only thing which people will be using their mobiles for and internet for is video. Yes, they're using it for social media, but they're using it. Social media is so light. And so, like, it's getting even more efficient in terms of the amount of data usage. Look at Instagram. It's video. Snapchat, it's video. Facebook, it's video. YouTube, it's video. Netflix, it's video. So the world and how people consume content is overwhelmingly going to be video. So we're in a video world. If the pipes need to rec- if the pipes are now recognizing that, actually, you know what, like, content is actually really important, that puts us in an even more important place. And we're just happy to be there. And so you're, uh, Jessica's wrapping us up, but uh, one last question, if you will. Uh, how much time and energy do you spend, and this sort of to try and give me insight into what keeps you up at night, how much time and energy do you spend thinking about what everyone else is doing and the likes of Showmax cozying up with Safaricom in Kenya and, and Telcom here in South Africa, Netflix getting that server done in, you know, with Spectronet in, in, in your hometown, you know, uh, and, and, and where do you see yourself in that? And how much energy do you spend thinking about those kind of things or perhaps 
thinking about being acquired. Maybe you'll be snapped up uh, by Africa's equivalent of AT&T. I don't know. See what I did there? I asked a lot of questions in one. <laughs> and I'll give you one answer. No, so um, we are focused on the middle class, the working class, the lower aspects of the base. I think Netflix and Showmax and all those guys are doing an amazing job, but they really sort of like do an amazing job for like the connected people. We're literally dealing with people who we need to take their phone off them and help them download the app in a Play Store, get them registered. That's the sort of handhold that we need to do. So I think we're just fundamentally different places. Our price points are fundamentally different. Our offerings are fundamentally different. My problem is like, how do I get someone to pay me? That's what worries me. That's what worries me. So I, I'm obviously aware of what everyone's doing in the market because I'd be a fool not to me. Um, but we have relationships with like pretty much everybody as well. You know, I think great content, irrespective of platform, needs to find an audience. Iroko TV's ambition is to find that audience in Nigeria, in Lagos. Um, Iroko Pluses is across French-speaking Africa. Um, Rock in DSTV is about obviously finding that across the pay TV people. And that's, again, you've now got an audience of 10 million paying people, right? So that's, that's a great platform to kind of like bring that content to them and that familiarity. But again, it's, it's different types of experiences. So, you know, I think in the end, um, I spend very little time I've got a wife and two kids. If you have kids, you understand that like, they absorb all of your time. Uh, not quite yet. Not quite yet. When you have kids, please let them absorb all of your time because they deserve it. Will do. So, yeah, I, I just don't, think, I don't, don't spend that much time thinking about what other people are doing because you know what? Like, I have to run my own race, and my race is a marathon, and it's like a decade out. All right, man. Jason Jogo, thank you so much for spending time with us. Uh, come around soon, uh, perhaps, and don't wait till the next disc <laughs> No problem. Thanks so much.